This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein, here with Pam Pibus, ASHE Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. After last week's historic ice storm, man, is that not crazy? That didn't even feel like Mississippi for a minute there. You might have even learned a few things about your house, unfortunately. A lot of people did, whether it be uh, just how much weight your roof can hold. That's one thing people learned. Uh, How not to wrap your pipes and how to wrap your pipes. Those are things people learned. And, 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 And let me tell you also that uh, some of the things you might have learned are about generators. And did you have gas for your generator? Had you started your generator in a while? Uh, all of those things came up. So, uh, you know, you can join the conversation with us this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We're going to have the guys on in just a second. Pam and Jeff standing by. And uh, talking this morning about all of the things that happened this week, it was just amazing. Uh, if you if you had no problems at all, count yourself as blessed this week because it just it was a mess for a lot of people, and it still is. A lot of folks don't have water uh, there, and and you know even the places that do have water, there's a lot of people who you know when the temperature's down that low, there was about nothing you could do for those pipes in Mississippi. It's just just not a lot there. So um, we've got a lot going on. We're, we've got a little uh, uh, got some emails coming in and a phone call. You know what? Um, what I'm going to do right now? I'm going to go to going to go to an email because I just really wanted to get uh, this out right here. Okay, they uh, has anyone installed tile flooring and tub surround with zero experience? This is an email. Has anyone installed tile flooring and tub surround with zero experience? This job frightens me, but we're thinking about trying to do it ourselves. What did you use to learn how to do this or... Uh, or should we hire it out? Well, I've done this before myself, and it is a doable project. I, I, I will I will give you a couple of pointers from my point of view is to get uh, – w- when you do this, what you want to do is first read and then watch. Uh, yes, on, on just about any home improvement project, you'll find that there is a YouTube video out there of someone else doing exactly what you're doing. Please watch that. This is what I did not do. Okay. And uh, another thing you want to do is start in a place that everybody in the world can't see. Uh, And the reason for that is because, you know, you're going to be trying it for the very first time and working with some of these materials is uh, it, it takes a little practice. The best thing you can do uh, is to go uh, say outside, get yourself a, like a piece of wood. And if you're going to do any flooring or anything like that, uh, put it on top of that piece of wood and try it. See if you can make the little interlocking things work. 
See if you see if you can make all that work outside of the environment that it's going to lay in. Say, if you're going to lay into a uh, a bathroom, which is kind of a small space, it's a it's a hard thing to work inside that space. So what you want to do is set up an area to work outside of that space and try it out there first. Get your cuts right and everything outside of the space. So um, how are we doing in there, Java? Things looking any better for us? No, we got a few minutes left. Okay. <laughs> Let's uh, keep going. I'm trying to establish a connection. We had a, uh, is there, here's a question. Can anyone recommend something stronger than Drano? Uh, you know, as a last resort before I spend a fortune on a plumber or set the bathroom on fire. All right. So here's the thing about that. <laughs> We've talked to plumbers on the show before, and plumbers say anything past Drano, you can buy stuff past Drano, meaning that is stronger and uh, that is that that will cut through more things. But remember, those things also cut through pipes if you do it incorrectly. So, so the the answer is maybe if Drano is not working, then a snake of some sort. Now, this is not something that you have to have a plumber for. There are several options at at your local hardware store and home stores about how your um, all of those stores you can get a snake that are more like uh, instead of commercial it's more like for you for you to use uh, a couple of those options are like little little wires that pull out from a a wound uh socket thing and you push it down a toilet or a sink or whatever else and it pushes that clog through instead of trying to use a burning harsh chemical to try to get through there and possibly damaging your pipes on the way out if the snake doesn't work and you still have an issue, that's when you get to call a plumber. But, yeah, if, you, if you're using Drano and it's not working out for you, don't pour harsher, harsher chemicals down your, your sink and plumbing and stuff. It's not, it's not going to help at all because it may end up hurting even more. All right. Um, well, we've got one line open, 877 877- <laughs> 877-MPB-RING. It's 877-672-7464. Or you can send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be taking your calls and emails coming up in just a moment. It's time for us to take our first break. And when we come back, we'll share some tips to keep your pipes from freezing next time. If you have any question about your recent home improvement projects, just give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. I'm Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, autocorrect we help steer you in the right direction with your car problems find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org
You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHI Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. You can join the conversation this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. The phones are filling up, so we're going to go to John and Gulfport. And he's got a question about spray insulation under a house. Good question right about this time of year. All right, so uh, what's going on, John? Uh, I have a house that's uh, elevated, uh, two cinder blocks off the ground. Mm-hmm. And I was speaking to a real estate agent, and he uh, he was relaying to me that insurance companies are having trouble you know, insuring your house with that because of the, the termite problem. And so I called three other insurance companies, and they did not express that to me. And uh, Interesting. I, John, hang on just a second. We have yeah. Jeff is on, and he uh, has worked with insurance companies quite a bit. And uh, have you heard of this issue with spray insulation, Jeff? No. Um, now... What you're supposed to have, if you have crawl space, you're supposed to have a termite shield at each um, foundation pillar. So what that looks like, at the top of that pillar, there will be a piece of metal, and it is turned down on about a 22-degree turn down all the way around. So basically what you have is like a a cookie sheet that's bent on all four sides. That would be your termite shield. Uh, but, but no, sir, as far as spray foam and insurance saying I'm not going to insure, I've never heard of that. I, I, I had a friend who had that done in her, her crawl space house, and yes. when, they spray, when they sprayed it in, it touched the ground. Would that be an, uh, an avenue for the termites? Well... Your elevated house is conducive to termites anyway just from 101 construction. I've got a cinder block or a concrete or a wooden pier in the ground holding up my house. That's ground contact. So just because the spray insulation is touching the ground, no, sir, that, that, that would not, that, that's not uh, something that would deny coverage. So it was probably previous termite infestation yeah, now, now there, that's a whole different, whole different avenue. Uh, your new insurance company is not going to take care of any previous damage uh, when they did not have the, the property insured. Correct. Okay. And my my other issue was uh, I have a, it's a house that was built in '69, and they installed yes. CP, CPVC strictly just. Oh uh, yeah. And I'm considering to the new alternative. It's Flex or Pex or Pex. Pex is what you're looking. Yeah. I yeah. would recommend that wholeheartedly if you can do it. As a person with those same types of pipes in my own home that you're talking yeah. about, John, and 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 if you listen to the show for a long time, you'll you'll know uh, I've spent untold dollars because of those really crummily designed products. It yeah, would be right, much right. easier to replace with PECT. Exactly. And, yeah. and if I do use that 
refrigerant spray insulation, can I cover the pipes with it? Yes. Yeah? Okay. Yes. And uh, <laughs> I, I heard it was about $600 per 100 square feet for the spray insulation. Is that correct? Uh, I, I can't answer that. I would have to do a little research. That sounds about right. Um, but again, I would get a couple quotes. Right. And always remember, John, uh, the prices that you see for materials don't, don't include the tools. So, uh, remember when you look at the price, what sort of tools are you going to need to get this job done and include that in your cost? Uh, I was assuming that was going to be in it, in it, uh, a, a, a you know, part of the deal. Right, right. But, yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much, John. I hope we help you I, out today. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Let's keep going. Got a bunches of folks on the line. Let's go to Mary in Biloxi. She's got a roofing problem. And uh, uh, what's going on, Mary? Good morning. I have a, a like you say, I have a roofing problem, and mm-hmm. I have two leaks in my roof, and I wanted, I don't have the money to repair it right now, and I wanted to know if there anything that I can use to cover the roof until I can get it repaired later on. Well, uh, depending on there, there are many options, and that all depends on what you're willing to spend. The quickest, cheapest options throw a blue tarp over. What is it called? A blue tarp. Um, you can pick them up at, uh, wow, just about anywhere from, of course, all right. your home stores to, uh, as a matter of fact, I was in my home store the other day, Jeff, and I saw uh, the blue tarps. These are these are big pieces of weatherproof fabric. They don't last a long time, but they'll last for about a month or so. Okay, um, yeah. And I was in I was in the uh, I was in one of the stores the other day, and I saw the blue tarp section, and they had brown and black tarps now that you could put on your roof, and you wouldn't look so goofy having a tarp on your roof. Now, Mary, I, I want to throw one more suggestion. Depending on the uh, the amount of area that you're covering, if it is a small area, say a couple shingles worth. You can take some 15-pound or some 30, or even better than that, synthetic felt. And um, get... He's talking about synthetic felt, Mary. Yeah. Synthetic felt? uh And that's something you can pick up at the home store. Felt. It's called F-E-L-T? Correct. Okay. Yes. Just a little easier to manage, and then, of course, you'll need some button caps, and you'll tuck your felt or your tarp underneath the shingle above the water leak, and then put your button cap that, and then let your top shingle um, go over that. Okay. So there's a couple of uh, low-cost things there. Neither one of those options... Uh, is, is say over $50, even over $30 really. However, however, there is always the issue of getting on the roof and you should have someone who's very steady doing that with a helper on the bottom. So, okay. Correct. Yes. All right. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Mary. I hope that works out for you and I hope your problems get to go away soon. Okay. 
Let's keep on moving. we got folks on the line. Gary's on the line in Rankin County. Uh, need an air filter? What's going on, Gary? I'm looking for a whole house air purification system. Ah. Remove dust and allergens. And it should be, I think, installed in an HVA system. My wife uh, had built a home in Springfield, Missouri some 10 years or so ago. And she said that was part of their air conditioning system. Okay. Okay. So, um, Gary, I think that's a fantastic idea. And I'm sure Jeff and Pam, both of you guys have come across filtration systems, correct? Yeah, I see them. Um, and it's usually put in on the return side at the unit. Um, but let me caution you about that. Um, just be sure that your return air and your supply air ducting is completely sealed up because if it isn't, you've just paid a lot of money for something that's going to have to work overtime. Hmm. Did you get that, Gary? Think about yes. It. Yeah, think about it. Um, I was able to, on my system, and I had a train put in about, it's been about 14 or 15 years ago. And I had done some research on um, clean air because I live in a, my house is built in 58. I was tired of the dust. So I uh, got a hold of an HVAC guy who he and I really went round and round, talked about it. And I just ended up sealing my return at all of the corners. So if you go and remove your filter <laughs> and look behind it and it's disgusting, What's the point of the filter? <laughs> it's true. It's a new. It's a new home. It, uh, it's only well. It doesn't matter. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Some that. of those are the worst case scenarios. True. Um, so you just want to make sure that every steam and every like on your return chase, even this, if it's a new home, my guess is your return air is in your ceiling, right? Yeah, two of them. Okay. I bet if you go up in the attic, and be very careful with this, but you went over to that return chase and moved that insulation away, you're going to see no ceiling at, um, or no, um, in other words, there's a gap between where the return air box sits in the sheetrock. Right, I know what you're talking about. You see what I'm saying? And so every time your unit comes on, it's literally going to pull insulation particles from the attic into the return as well as hot air so i just need to they very yeah in new construction they just don't seal that so who would i get to come look at it and do that uh, well i I may i can i give a name is it okay if i throw out a company a couple of companies here Uh, um well uh i'd rather not what what type of person would we talk to are we talking handyman ac person <laughs> ac person ac to, person yeah, you, in yeah. And, yeah you're gonna and run you're gonna want to somebody about or filtration system if they don't mention sealing up your system i'm gonna call somebody else oh i'll do it and a second question do y'all know anyone in this area that does waterproofing i have a Garage that's built slightly below grade, and when it rains a lot, it gets water under that concrete in the floor. Ah, you need drainage. Coming through the wall, yeah. Yeah, yeah. concrete wall. I'd go with a landscaper. Yep. Somebody yep. to look at your grade um, outside and maybe adding didn't some you drains. Say, um, didn't you say you were in Biloxi? No, I'm in 
uh, Rankin County, just outside of Flowood. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, uh, water uh, movement is definitely an issue where you are. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, yeah a, a landscaper, a landscape artist, any way you want to put it, someone who knows how to move water after it hits the ground is your guy, well, is but, your person. But, 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 but also, Jason, that, that earth has got to be moved. That cinder block has got to be sealed. It's not cinder block. It's uh, actually concrete. Oh. Okay. Okay. Fine. It's still a concrete product, right? Uh, and and water's going through that, so that earth has to be moved. That concrete wall has to be waterproof. Proofed, right? Then put the earth back. Then get your water. Get, at that point, you can do some water movement. So it's a combination. I'm not arguing with Jason. I'm just saying there's there's more to it than just move the water. I, so, used to, I went to school in Missouri, and, you know, of course, basements were very prominent up there, and there were a lot of places right. that did, did waterproofing of basements. But I don't see too many basements down here. No. You don't. In, no, in fact, our water table middle, is way too high. We're in the middle of doing one right now, and um, it's, the, it's the same thing. You've got to waterproof that just like we do a shower. It has to be waterproofed. And that waterproofing has to be protected. Then we're going to divert the water as much as we can, that subsurface water, as much as we can away from that wall. But we're never going to divert all of it. Okay, I'll see if I can research and find somebody who does that specialty. There, there are people in town that that that, that do that. Is there is there a is there kind of a uh, is there a particular trade he can look for? Uh, Jeff, to, uh, in the in the in the Google. Well, if 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 he'll call me off the air, we can we can talk in detail. <laughs> All right. So. All right. I'll do it. All right. Thanks, Gary. We uh-huh. appreciate it. Thank you. Uh-huh. All right. Let's uh, let's let's keep on moving. We're going to go to Thomas in Meridian, who's been waiting forever, and uh, just this is such a fantastic question. I wish you had asked it two weeks ago, Thomas. But here we go. Uh, go ahead with it, Thomas. I know. I wish I would have asked it two weeks ago too. Should have asked it a week after Hurricane Katrina. Now that I think about it, right, right. Um, well, I'm not actually in Meridian. I'm a truck driver. I just listen to the show. I'm from Mississippi, so I listen to the show all the time. Oh, okay. But. Uh, but um, so my dad lives in Philadelphia, and he went more than a week without electricity. Like he just got it back, and Man. I mean it was just terrible. And and um, and you know being from the south, we don't really do. You know we live out in the country. We don't do propane. Everything we have is electricity. Right. And so looking at generators, other than like you know the the big giant ones that can power your entire home, what are like the differences between like the inverter ones and you know different size watt loads that you need to power your essentials uh you know that's that's really interesting that you ask because I, I i was recently in the market for a new generator as i've you know replaced every part on my old one and have finally admitted defeat uh you know that is a that's a good question and i was looking in the range and i'll tell you this is what i was doing for my home for my home i was looking in the range of five thousand running watts not you know, not starting, but running. And 5,000 can keep us in the light and a refrigerator going, and we're okay. Now, what what that is for is what I consider temporary 
little outages, you know, a few hours, that sort of thing, you know, uh, which does mean a lot in the summer. You know, a few hours starting at, at 2 p.m. in August means a lot. So um, the but it's not a whole a whole house solution. Is that what you're looking for? Well, not a whole home solution. Just if it's like the power refrigerator and like a fan or a heater, you know, and, you know, different appliances, what's like the standard one to go to? Like a good multi-purpose, you know, run-of-the-mill generator to have. Are you talking brand or, or what size? What size? Brand too, sure. Okay. Whatever you have to get. <laughs> Pam and Jeff, you guys work with it more than I do. Go for it. Well, you know, your small, portable generators at your big box stores will do exactly what you're wanting to do and it, it's going to have two numbers on there it's going to have a huge number like a twenty thousand, you know and then it's going to have like an eight thousand look at the smaller of the two numbers right that's what um, i meant when i said running watts yeah it, right exactly that's going to take care of your temporary power just like jason described now, since we're talking generator, let's 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 add one more fact to that. Your twenty to twenty-two kW generators, that is your air cooled, can take care of your whole house, providing you have gas heat. Once you get all electric and have electric heat, then you have to move up to a water cooled generator. And I know you're not looking for a whole house, but there's some other listeners that very well may be. Oh yes. At that point, at that point, you have to go to a water cooled, and then the price goes out. It goes out the ceiling. So yeah, that's like a pull behind with, caterpillar or something, right? right. <laughs> yeah, with yeah, water cooled. You know, you're you're talking you're, you're talking thirty grand. Oh, uh, okay. The one you're the one you're talking about. Um, you know, you can you can get that done for you know eight hundred dollars, thousand dollars, or something, and then your then your twenty kW air cooled, you know that that setup with your transfer switch is going to run you somewhere's around you know seven eight grand. Now we've had uh, we we have a regular guest on the show, Thomas, uh, that talks about small engine and small engine repairs, and yeah. the recommendations. I will go ahead and say this because he said it before on the air. We typically don't recommend products just because it's not what we do, but he, I put the screws to him right here in the room. He said if you're going out to get a, a, a little engine to use, whether it's for mowing the grass generator or anything like that, one of the smaller engines, the two brands that he likes were, were, uh, were Honda and Kohler. Yeah. Those, right, two, those two engine uh, makers – were ones that he said he liked to work with the best because you could work with them. Now, the other thing he did say was that, uh, you know, you can just do a, quote, uh, you know, I shouldn't use this term, but a, quote, harbor freight generator, which is a, yeah. kind of a, kind of a, a no-name brand. And a lot of those use like a Briggs and Stratton engine or something like that, and they are good for, for a couple of years if you maintain them. Yeah, right. Let me jump in here. Uh-huh. Can I jump in here for just a second? Because sure. I know absolutely nothing about generators except read the instructions on where it's safe to put them. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. 
I agree with you on that. I, I, I know people who have suffered and lost family due to misplacement of a generator. Yeah. I'm Thomas, telling you, the stories coming out of Texas, that's a yeah. lot of the reason that, that folks didn't make it. So if you're going to get one, just be sure you know how to use it and where to put it. Right. Yeah, I put mine in a little hut out back. I made a little hut out back, kind of like a, uh, a doghouse uh, where you open the lid and you can crank it up. I did that so that it would, you know, stay out of the weather, but I didn't want it anywhere near the house or where exhaust might get to us. So, mm-hmm. Well, thank you guys so much. I'm about to, I'm in Pennsylvania this today and tomorrow, so have a good day. Yes, sir. Have a good one. Thanks. We appreciate you calling. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Yeah, thank, hey, Jason, thank yeah. him for moving our stuff, man. We need... We, we, oh, we man. need truckers, you know, with, without truckers. Uh, oh, we all know I, that the, the truck stopped last week. We know if you went to uh, your local yeah. Kroger or Walmart and saw the yeah. empty shelves. <laughs> so, all right, folks, it's time for another break. You still have time to get your home improvement question answered this morning. Call us with your questions, comments, or just tell us what project you're working on. 877 877- MPB ring. That's 877-672-7464 or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Ryder Taff, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advisory and co-host of Money Talks. Each week, we take your personal finance questions and tell you about a money topic we hope you find helpful. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. Welcome back. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, uh, from, uh, who is an ACHI certified inspector at Inspector Like a Girl and licensed contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks is on the line with us this morning. And if you missed any of today's program, you can always listen back by podcast using any podcast app or our MPB public media app. And now for uh, all Stitcher app users, you can now find us on there. That's pretty cool. That's new. All right, so let's uh, let's uh, go to an email. Are you guys with us? Pam, Jeff. Yes. All yeah, right. Here. here we go. This this is neat. All right. I uh, wanted to install. I'm wanting to install a barn door style dog baby gate that slides along the wall, not swings open. What kind of hardware will I need for the track? So basically, they're going to try to make a. A barn door, slidey barn door for a baby gate kind of thing. I'm not sure how you, you might. Know, I don't know. I saw, um, I actually saw something at a home inspection. It was on new construction uh-huh. and it was brilliant. And I think you, it can be used in this application. They had taken on the manifold, on your water manifold that where you can go turn. It's like the electric panel for your, for your water system. Yeah. And it was in, you know, 99% of the time they're in a closet somewhere. Sometimes, well, or in the laundry room. Well, right. this one was in the closet, and they had put a slider door on it. So instead of opening it up on the hinge, you just slid it to the side, which when you're reaching behind clothes, I was like, that is awesome. Oh. <laughs> remember, that was just awesome. So I bet you could, and they had just used um, drawer tracks. Right. And just put them up instead of putting them up. 
they just ran them flush. You know, that's something I, I, I read a little bit about this. I saw the email this morning and I read a little bit, a bit about this. And one person did mention the drawer slides. They're the, they're the slides that go on the sides of the doors, right? And, and, right. and they, they extend out. That was uh, a suggestion uh, of someone who, who was talking about this, that it was uh, because if you do a barn door, think about how a barn door works. It's basically think of a curtain rod and then think of a door sliding on that curtain rod. Well, the rod goes all the way across. So you can't have it go across, you know, when you're doing a baby gate, that's usually from like a stairwell or so. So you can't have a bar go across. But that drawer idea, the drawer uh, openers, that was the idea, I thought. It was brilliant. I looked at it and I was like, I don't know who thought of this, but that's just awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Because if you put clothes in there and you've got an emergency and you need to get, get that door open, when you open that door, it hits the clothes ride. Right. You can't get in. Exactly. You can't okay. get in there. That's so fantastic. You, you mount that hardware to the back side and just slide it right open. And a dog gate is, you know, those things are usually not heavy. No, no. All right. Uh, let's keep going. The phone's right now. Let's see. Uh, Preston is on the line. And uh, where are you, Preston? I'm up in the Tower County, Mississippi. They did a lot of uh, carpenter work in my days. I listened to the, the program well, you're talking about the generators. Uh, the thing about it is on this thing, if you go in there and start plugging things up, you know, off this generator, mm-hmm. and the power company throws a juice back on or working on something, it comes in there. Somebody's going to get hurt if they don't take that meter out of the, the supply meter outside. don't come off the power lines. So you don't have a feedback coming off of both of your generator and the power company make come back in that was one of the things i just listened i didn't hear the issue brought up that is that is a great point and you know i've never mentioned this on the air but this is something that i do at my home if we lose power i run i I don't have a transfer switch so so i'm unable to move the power of the generator to my regular power panel so what i do is is run you know uh, super heavy duty cables to the generator and then the individual thing say like my refrigerator i'll plug into that and the reason for that is like you said i don't want the power coming back on and feeding back down you know so uh if 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 i've got the power going to the main box from the generator the power company turns it back on now i've got that five thousand extra watts going through so i get what you're saying uh, uh, if you have what they call a transfer switch, which is your little box between your generator and your power box in your home, what this does is it takes power from the generator and puts it in the main panel. And then when you get main power back, it's supposed to, or you can do it manually, switch it back over to main power. So, so there's a couple options there. If you do get into that, you need an electrician. If you're going to get back into that box and wire up, say, a transfer switch for a generator. Yeah, well, what I was wondering, why couldn't you just go ahead and pull the meter out so there wouldn't be any power coming from the, uh, I mean, your electrical service while you boot them with the stuff or running well, the generator? First guys. of all, the homeowner is not allowed to touch that meter. I do not, we cannot recommend you pull your own meter. Wait a minute, I'm just... 
Well, there's that. I'm just wondering, you know, how, how a person would keep that feedback like I was asking you once in case they thought well, something should throw bring it back your, on. Throw your main breaker at the meter. Right, right. You can turn, you can throw that, uh, you know, whichever the main feed is, whether it's 100, 200, whatever's coming into your home, you can throw that main breaker uh, off. So whatever's coming in, it, it can't come past that breaker. That's what I didn't want someone getting killed or hurt. I've saw people get fried on that stuff before. Like right. I'm an old-time carpenter, and I've been into that business a long time. And I mean, it's, it's Well, I appreciate it, Preston. Yes, sir. We, we like it when the pros call and tell us uh, the real-world experiences. Let's talk to uh, Michelle and past Christian and um, got a bathroom tub that needs help. What's going on, Michelle? Oh, yes. Thank you for taking my call. Mm-hmm. The uh, tub is horrible. We've tried everything to clean it, bleach, you name it, and it's, it just has to be removed. Right. Or if it can be, I don't know, can it be cleaned with some kind of acid uh, or should it be repainted? I'm not sure what to do. Is it is it an old steel? Yes. Okay. Um, well, there are a number of things you can do with a steel tub. Uh, mainly though, if it's just a plain old cheap steel tub, the best thing to do with it is throw it out. Um, well, I refurbished, I refurbished mine and it's been 12 years ago and it's still going strong. And and we did companies that will do that on, especially on cast iron. Mine's cast iron. It's one of those old flawed tubs and I had them come in and, and put the refinish on it and it, man, it shines. It's, the only problem I had was my cat got in there one time and scratched it. <laughs> oh. But besides that, we're good. <laughs> well, you know, what okay. I was thinking, the, the steel type that they use, um, mm-hmm. that they use like in not not older homes where it's actually a good, really good, solid piece of steel that you can redo, a lot of them are, 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 are you know, they're, they're not of that quality, especially the newer ones that they put into homes um, that are, that are kind of, I hate to say it, contractor grade stuff, you know. No, this is about 30 years old. Oh, okay. Well, it can be redone, actually, and uh, we've talked about this on the on this show. People have asked us in the past about refinishing this. Uh, mm-hmm. DIY, it is possible. It's not easy. It's frustrating. Uh, and it takes a lot longer than you think it might take. Uh, to do that. It's kind of a painting situation, kind of a, mm-hmm. an enameling of it. So mm-hmm. uh, you can do that. That option's there, but I can tell you it's it's difficult. Now, another option uh, are the, the, the rebather options. It's not one that we typically recommend, but it's, you know, the companies that come in and just kind of put stuff over that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you don't recommend it? Um. I can't say I don't recommend it. I will say that it is there just for the looks. Mm-hmm. You follow me? Mm-hmm. Like no one's redoing your plumbing and making things better. They're just okay. making it look better. Okay. Yeah, you know, you know, Jason, I kind of look at that as putting a cover over your wore out couch. Yeah, it's it's cosmetic. It's a it's just a yeah, yeah a cover. Yeah. But a lot of people, and we had we had a show one time where we talked about those things, and we had a couple of callers that absolutely loved, you know, their newly fitted bathroom. If you know what I mean. Uh-huh. Um, well, and, and 
you know, here's the advantage to that thing too, Jason. They can come in and in 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 one day your bathroom is redone. It's done. Now, really, I, I priced it a couple times, and I haven't found any price advantage. The price is about the same as ripping it out, going back with all new. Right. Versus, uh-huh. You know, you know, doing the cover up. But there is one huh. big, huge advantage if you're, you know, in my opinion, it's not an advantage, but in some consumers, it is. It, they they can do it in a day. Or this two. happens in a day. Yeah, you can you can. Yeah. You can have them show up on a Thursday, and you're using it Friday morning. So, well, yeah, that is an advantage. So, that is an advantage, and Uh, uh, we don't know how long we're going to keep this house. But you know, uh, in the meantime, if I were to just replace the tub and try to save the walls, who do you go to? There's a number of different people that will do it as long as the as long as you need to find somebody licensed to do that. Okay, the reason being you need to find a good contractor to do that reason being is that if you're messing around in that particular room in the house and you don't put the right materials down the right way, it it will Mm -hmm. destroy your home. So you really need someone who knows what they're doing, um, you know, to do that kind of thing, not not the you know, the church handyman guy. It might not be that, gotcha. you know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, but well, do look for a contractor. And if uh, you're in past Christian, you can go to msboc.us or you can go to your local uh, Home Builders Association in, uh, uh, in, in, in South Mississippi. It's there. You can go check it out. And they will have licensed contractors that can do that work uh uh, fairly easily, but that's because they do it all day long. And uh, mm-hmm. the one thing I will say right now that you cannot buy with the best money in the world is a plumber. They've all gone to Texas. Plumbers um, <laughs> are hard to find right now. Yeah. All right, Michelle. I hope that helps out, though. Sure did. Thank you. Great. Thanks. Yeah, uh, I, I do want to say this. I, I, I feel terrible. I was listening. I've heard a couple of people, a couple of articles out and I'm sure uh, Jeff and, and Pam, you guys have heard this. Man, that's the gold standard right now. If you got your certificate in plumbing, my gosh, there's an entire region <laughs> that needs new plumbing. It's incredible. Plumbers and the plumbers that are out there. Yeah, find it's, people uh, to man, it just makes you sick at your stomach when you think of, of Texas. It just should not have happened. Well, let's say this. I will say this. And even even outside of the fact that it's a, a catastrophe situation and we need more plumbers than they can actually possibly even make right now, let me go ahead and say we've said this on the show before. If you're listening and you have a young person in your home that's looking for a way in this world, you know what? They will never not work if they're a plumber. Never. I'm going to tell you what, Jason, I am so glad that you said that. And it's not just plumbers. It, listeners, it is plumbers, electricians, HVAC people, the construction industry. And I'm talking from experience. I am not talking from I heard it from somebody or I thought or I think. Right. I am talking from experience. We need young uh, people getting into this into this industry into the and, trades. It, and it doesn't it does not necessarily have to be a male i'm not talking just to the guys no. out there um there's no reason that a 
a girl, a woman, whatever's proper now to say. You, you know, you don't even know what to say anymore. But uh, there, there, there's no reason a female cannot be an electrician, HVAC, plumber. So, well, it's a, it's a, it's a solid paycheck forever. Uh, and in and in and, these and situations, it is yes, a very good paycheck. And in these situations, you get to put the Superman cape on um, because there's you know in in this particular situation. Now there's a lot going on in Mississippi, but think about Texas. A, a plumber literally could have a suitcase with him and walk house to house and fix the plumbing because all of them are broken. You know, it's all yep. bad. So so there's a, there's a good thing to look at there, folks. If you've got kids in college or whatever, there's a good place to point them. The trades are always going to have something for your kids to do, and they'll never run out. So anyway, number to call is 877-MPB-RING. Got another email here for you guys. Uh, 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 how difficult would it be to replace a wood uh, hood vent canopy? With an over-the-range microwave, how would you recommend that I go about it? Um, guys, a lot, a lot of people do this. But the microwave vent-a-hood is not the same thing as a regular vent-a-hood in many situations. What do you think about this? Yeah, you better check your, whenever you get that microwave, check the manufacturer specifications on how far it's got to be from the stove. Because what happens is people will take that vent hood out that's a good what? What do you think, Jeff? 36 inches, 42 inches? Yeah, up? 36, 38, somewhere in that neighborhood is our is, is, the, is the benchmark on that. I just don't know what it is. Which, is, which is the height of the vent hood is what you're talking about, correct? Yeah, from the flame yes. of your range. Right. And if you come in with a microwave that's going to be 12 to 18 inches thick, Right. And you put that in there, now you're only, you know, I don't do math, but you're not far enough. So you'll damage the bottom of the microwave. Right. Because, and then you can't get your pots and pans in there because you don't have enough height on right. it. Right. So if you're going to replace that, you're, you may have to go into your cabinet above it so that that unit sits up high enough. Right. And it, yeah. yeah and I, you know, I would I would almost encourage this individual to do a a wall mounted microwave and then do a do a vent hood um, that that we can put inside this box that they're wanting to do. Uh, That's what I did. That's exactly what yeah. I did because I I had a microwave put in and I couldn't get my spaghetti pot. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well, so I, well, I took it out, what? put it in the wall, and stuck in a ventilator. Yeah. Well, and another thing we're doing on the new construction side, we're putting a lot of microwaves in the pantry now. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like behind doors? Is that safe? Well, yeah, you know, in your walk-in pantry. Oh, uh, okay. You know, no, yeah, and, and instead of a wall mount in your kitchen, we do a wall mount in the pantry. Huh, that's interesting. It's a, it's a thought. I can just you know, tell you, Java is scratching his beard, so that's, you know. <laughs> My favorite you know, I, are the ones I, that go I, on I the island a, that's a drawer. Yes. I yes, love those. But now, now listen to this. My feelings on a microwave are just about the same as a, as a uh, garbage disposal. So, oh. I mean, 
may not be I may not be the best one to ask. Meaning about this. meaning one can live their life without this particular appliance. One can live life without this microwave. Well, but if you've got small children <laughs> and you cook, <laughs> I was about to say you hadn't been a single man in a while. Yeah, well, we, hey, grown kid. we're 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 empty nesters now. So right, Right. <laughs> okay, we're going. I'm going to throw a quickie in here uh, and ceiling spots. From, uh, you know, water and ice, where let's say you find now that you have a spot after all this happened, you know, kind of a dark spot on your ceiling, and it doesn't, maybe it doesn't look like a big leak, and maybe it stopped because you don't have, you know, 150 pounds of ice sitting on top of it, but uh, is that something, Jeff, that you really want to get out and chase down immediately if you've got a little kind of brown spot, say, probably six inches? Well. If it's from water damming up and curling, then right. it's not going to leak again. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, but just 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 keep this in mind: what you see from the inside inside the house is uh-huh. worse on the on the back side. Okay. Okay. Right. It's worse on the attic side. It had to go through insulation and sheetrock and end up on the pretty side. Right. Wow. All right, folks. Well, that's it. Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Mr. Java Chapman. Our call screener today was Liz Gill. For Pam Pibus and Jeff Sammons, I'm Jason Klein. Stay tuned for our Wednesday 10 a.m. program, Everyday Tech with Jay White. And join us next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101 only on MPB Think Radio.